The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the program host and guests and do not necessarily represent the views of Western Carolina University or radio station WWCU. The 2000s was my childhood, but it was also a change in culture because children were growing up with the internet for the first time. I keep seeing posts, especially on TikTok, about video games, movies, toys, and commercials that a lot of people in my generation saw or had. We don't remember how they got there or why they're so familiar, but they're burned into our memories. In this podcast, I'm going to do a deep dive into the content we grew up on and add some context. Welcome to the 2000s with me, Catherine Ross. Do you remember Barbie movies? Because you're either very familiar or have no idea what I'm talking about. For me, they're my favorite movies growing up, and I watch them with all my friends, and even now I still talk about them, and yes, I do still watch them. What made these movies an anomaly of sorts is that they were direct-to-video releases. The stigma is that most direct-to-video releases are cash grabs with terrible animations, terrible stories, and no one wanted to pay the money to actually get them released in theaters. And most of the time, this is true. But for the Barbie movies, the stories were actually really engaging. Um, I will say the animation was pretty bad, but I'm going to blame it on the fact that it was released in 2001. The Barbie movies did fairly well, releasing 37 movies and selling 110 million DVDs worldwide. I'm surprised there were that many movies. I kind of tailed off around 2008, so I had not been thinking about them for a while. The history behind these movies is actually interesting as well. But to begin, we have to flash back to the 90s. Mattel, the company behind Barbie, were beginning to tank because of the new Bratz dolls by MGA Entertainment coming out. The Bratz dolls stirred up controversy during their release because they were seen as hypersexual and inappropriate for kids. But as we now know in 2020, there is no such thing as bad press, and these dolls were selling so well it was putting Barbie out of business. Barbie was iconic, and she still is, but at that time she was missing the hip with the kids feel that Mattel wanted and they wanted to make a choice for Barbie that would make her last for years to come. Now let's get into it. What were these bright ideas? So the first option was let's make Barbie's boobs smaller. I'm not sure how that was supposed to help, but they decided against it ultimately because in their words, being consistent is one of her strengths. Cute. And it's also speculated that they decided against it because the Bratz dolls were doing well, and they were doing the exact opposite of that. The second pitch was a career Barbie, like lawyers and doctors that working women would hypothetically want to give to their daughters. But when surveys came back, kids were not as interested in physical dolls anymore and preferred online or digital media. With two big strikes, they had one more chance. And so they ended up deciding to make movies starring Barbie and sell merchandise along with them. In 2001, the Barbie movie franchise began with Barbie and the Nutcracker. Barbie had appeared in video games and movies since 1987, but this was the first time Barbie was getting her own fleshed out stories and universe. They started off releasing one movie a year, but by 2005 they released two to three movies a year, until a hiatus in 2017. The last movie released was in 2020, and it was Barbie Princess Adventure. Supposedly there's a live action film in the works starring Margot Robbie, but that's been pushed back plenty of times, and I'm pretending it doesn't exist so I don't get excited about it. Let's get into the movies themselves, shall we? In most movies, we pop in on Barbie telling her sister Kelly a story, and that is the movie. Sometimes this didn't happen, it was a 50-50 thing. What was also a 50-50 thing was if the movie was going to be a musical or not. The first musical in the series was Princess and the Pauper. Amazing songs came from the Barbie universe. My favorite being From the Princess and the Pauper. 
Um, my favorite songs are I Am A Girl Like You and Written In Your Heart. They are ingrained in my noggin forever. In the Barbie lore, and yes, there is Barbie lore, <laughs> if there's a princess in the story, she has magical powers. So if a character just randomly has magical powers, it's because she's a princess. And what I find the most fascinating about the Barbie universe is kind of confusing, so I'm gonna need a second to explain this. So Barbie is the main character in each story, but she's not called Barbie. So in Fairytopia, her name is Alina, and in Princess and the Popper, she's Annalise. There are other movies in the Barbie universe where Barbie is an actress and she is playing the characters in these movies. And in one movie, she gets fired. Everything does work out, but that's kind of crazy. I love how meta that is. Anyways, back to the movies themselves. The Barbie movies are praised for being feminist, especially because a lot of Disney movies were coming out and being smashed for the main character princess needing to be saved all the time, making them passive in their own story. The Barbie movies took the feminist critique of Disney movies and applied it to their movies. This was kind of cool. I love that they had the guts to take the criticism and apply it to their own movies. In the movie, Barbie is the main hero, and she has her own plot thingies to do. On the side, sometimes, there's a romance. I am very sorry. I love Fairytopia the most, so I'm definitely going to be referencing it a lot. But in the movie, Barbie plays Alina, who's a fairy without wings. The fairy village she lives in gets poisoned, and none of the fairies can fly anymore. Because she's never flown, she's more skilled in walking and being on the ground, so she can go on a journey and find out what's wrong and save the day. In that story, there wasn't a romantic subplot in sight, and it was kind of a big deal to not have a single dude in the main plot of the story. On to the dolls, and oh, the dolls that came with the movies. They were so well designed and just overall really fun. Um, as an example, the Fairytopia movies, there's a sequel to the first one, um, and it's called Mermaidia, and they released a doll where Alina's wings, she got wings at the end of the first movie, folded down into a mermaid tail. Ah, so cool. <laughs> and their other dolls would sing if you press their hand. If you had two dolls from the same show, they would sing together. So from Princess and the Popper, Annalise and Erica press their hand at the same time, they would sing together again. Very cool. Mattel's end goal was to create dolls with a background story that children could use to enrich their play, or they could do whatever they wanted. And at the end of the day, it worked. The franchise saved Mattel. And now the Barbie movies are on streaming services. Woo! <laughs> so now um, the newer Barbie movies are on Netflix, and a lot of the older ones are on YouTube. Sadly, the movies are presumed to be over as there's no new announcements. R.I.P., but it's also most likely because they're moving Barbie onto new platforms like YouTube, where she has her own channel. The Barbie channel posts frequently, almost daily. I was surprised. Um, they post cute vlogs and DIY tutorials. In conclusion, these movies and dolls have been a huge part of my childhood, but I never knew where they came from. The movies just showed up in my mom's Vans DVD player one day. Thank you for listening, and tune in next time for more info behind your 2000s nostalgia.